has a message for liberals and the mainstream media. You can't handle the truth! So, buckle up, snowflakes, because we're about to deliver the politically direct best in conservative commentary, news, and investigative reports. We're telling the truth, and we're not gonna stop. Okay, liberals, back under the bridge with the rest of your fellow trolls, and oh yeah... Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots. They are special, special people. On RSPRadio1.com. Welcome to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot. Diane Sorry at the Patriot Factor. It's Friday night, 21st of July. Welcome to it. Hello, Diane. Hello, Craig, and how are you this evening? I'm good. I'm surprised I remember how to push all the buttons and move all the levers. I know. It was so nice being away from politics for three weeks. (laughs) You know, while we were on hiatus, folks, I made, my wife and I, made a little jaunt up to South Dakota and uh, went up and saw some sites, uh, things that we've been wanting to do for a number of years and haven't ever done. Uh, went to Deadwood, went to Keystone, went to the Badlands, um, and then we went over and saw Mount Rushmore. Okay. Now, I've been to Mount Rushmore when I was eight years old. That, that's that been 10 or 15 years ago. And at least. <laughs> at least, yes. And uh, so I, you know, and I remember it from back then, but I wanted to go see it again. So we did. And... They have a whole new entryway that you walk up through, uh, an avenue of flags where they have the flags of all 50 states and, and, you know, uh, lining both sides of this avenue, walkway. Um, And they've got a beautiful gift shop, a beautiful restaurant, a beautiful um, visitor center. All of that, none of it was there when I was there when I was eight. All of that is relatively new, at least new to me. Uh, and I was very impressed with it. Spotless. The whole area is spotless. You could not find uh, a, a piece of trash anywhere. Well, that's good. I mean, they, they do a remarkable job uh, of keeping that up. Saw a number of American Indians getting their pictures taken, big grins on their faces, full families. Um, and that led me to believe that the the number of American Indians who are yelling and screaming and wadding up their panties over Mount Rushmore is definitely the minority of okay. the American Indian population. Uh, the ones we saw there were, I mean, they were like, this is so cool. This is great. Take our picture. So, we, you know, we helped a few people, took pictures for them. Um, but while, while I was up there, I was looking for one thing in particular, and I could not find it. Absolutely could not find it. Now, a couple of weeks ago, actually it's probably been about three weeks ago now, a, get this, Republican 
member of the House in South Dakota, okay, state representative, was on a podcast about three weeks ago and said that Mount Rushmore is, and I'm not making this up, a portal where demons come through and spread communism throughout the nation. Oh, an idiot. Okay. Yes. So I thought, well, you know, I I don't want to just dismiss the guy out of hand. So knowing that I was going to be at Mount Rushmore, I went and looked for the portal. I looked high. I looked low. I looked left. I looked right. I looked behind rocks. I looked at the monument from the side. I looked at it from head on. I looked at it from the other side. Not only could I not find a portal, I absolutely could not find a communist anywhere. Oh, no. Okay. Couldn't find one anywhere. Now, this particular Republican member of the South Dakota House is a member also of the Sisseton Wapaton tribe. And the Sisseton Wapaton tribal leader came out and said, this guy isn't speaking for us. He's speaking for himself. Nobody else believes this baloney. Don't pay him any attention. But being an intrepid reporter, I had to go see for myself if the portal and the communists existed there. They do (laughs) not. So, folks, if you're planning a trip to Mount Rushmore, do it knowing there is no demon portal and no communist. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. And I thought I should pass that along as my civic duty after having been there myself. Okay, and Ben and Jerry's is not very happy with you. Well, you know what? They don't serve Ben and Jerry's at the restaurant there. So, Ah, good for them. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. <laughs> no, we had, a, we had a great time. And, I mean, it was a crystal clear blue sky the day that we were at uh, Rushmore. It was absolutely gorgeous. And, you know, it, folks, if you've never been and you're looking for a place to go uh, to see some history and, and have a really good patriotic feel, Mount Rushmore is the place to go in South Dakota. You know, uh, have some fun. Go to Deadwood. We went to Deadwood. Um, but make sure if you're ever in that vicinity, and I mean within hours of that vicinity, you go see Mount Rushmore. Yeah, it's it's supposed to be, you know, beautiful and very patriotic. I have not been to the Dakotas, um, but I hear it's magnificent. It is. And the, the scenery around it, the drive up to it, just staggeringly beautiful. So, you know, go. If you ever have the chance, go. Um, we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about because we haven't been around to talk about much of anything. Mm-hmm. Let's start with Joe Biden. Now, we all know that Biden has some difficulty uh, stringing more than three words together at a time. But the other day, he was entertaining President Herzog from Israel in the White House. And he sat down, you know how they do this little thing, they, they you know, the two dignitaries sit in these wingback chairs and they have a little chitty chat in front of the the press so everybody could see you know how well they get along well 
they were sitting there doing that chitty chat, and Biden was literally falling apart in front of the cameras. Well, it's not the first time. It's not going to be the last time. But this was beyond mere falling apart. This was actually an insult to America's strongest and staunchest ally, Israel. It was an insult to our own intelligence. True. I mean, at one point, early on in the thing, Diane Biden sat there and told the president of Israel, Isaac Herzog, that a lot has happened in the 75 years since Israel became an official state, and Biden added, I don't remember two-thirds of it. Yeah, isn't that strange? He was in uh, the U.S. Senate for most of that time. He doesn't remember. I mean, he admitted he doesn't have any memory of it. No. I mean, admitting that on camera is bad enough, but admitting you don't know about an important country's founding is, it's unbelievable. Biden needs to go, but he's not going to go. <laughs> it's Obama just, won't let him. Well, yeah, Obama needs a puppet. Right. You know, but it got worse. Because yes, then Biden had remarks to make. And yes. Diane, what happened while he was making those remarks? He had no clue basically what he was saying. He very <laughs> rarely made any eye contact with President Herzog. And he was reading directly verbatim from notes prepared for him that were sitting in his lap. He almost fell asleep, too. Yes. Well, I mean, while he himself was speaking. Yes. He bored himself to tears. <laughs> oh. And then I, he looked around, you know, and he kept looking around the room with like a puzzled look on his face, like, where am I? Who am I talking to? Why am I here? What's the my man, name? Yeah. Uh, the man has no working brain cells left. I mean, he he was literally disintegrating. Yes. You know, and when, when they got up to leave, of course, the press starts, you know, shouting some questions. And Biden turns around with that puzzled look on his face again, kind of smirks a little bit, and then just dawdles off. Right. And the press was pretty quick to pick up on some of this stuff, especially because Biden has yet to have any personal contact with Prime Minister Netanyahu. He, he should have invited to the White House a long time ago after he won re-election again. Right. I'm talking about Netanyahu, not uh, Biden. But while all this was going on, as a distraction, the Democrats on Capitol Hill such as J-PAL, Ilhan Omar, and of course our favorite AOC. Ugh. They are continuing to smear Israel with false accusations. Well, yeah. I mean, well, they obviously they hate Israel. They hate the Jews. Right. And, uh, you know, they, they looked at that, uh, you know, hey, the president of Israel is here. It's a prime opportunity to make asses of ourselves. Yes. And 
but one thing, you know, good came out of out of that. Florida governor and 2024 presidential candidate and my personal choice, Ron DeSantis, actually slammed the Biden administration because it has been snubbing Netanyahu. In fact, um, DeSantis said what this Biden administration has done, I think, has been disgraceful. The way they treat a strong ally like Prime Minister Netanyahu has been disgraceful and you know what disgraceful puts it mildly yeah i I would you know i applaud ron DeSantis for making that statement public but i think he undersold it i mean it's it's reprehensible yes uh but at least he said something i'm waiting for some other candidates to make remarks about this yeah none of them have crickets Absolute crickets from the rest of the gallery. Right. You know, and if I, I'll tell you what, if I was Isaac Herzog at that point, I, I'd have just, I'd have just gotten up and walked out. Said, you know what, screw you and the horses you rode in on. Well, you know why he didn't? Because he showed as much as, you know, he had to really fight himself, I guess. He showed respect to the presidency of the United States, the office, not the man. Well, and you got to give him credit for that. I, I suppose, I suppose you're right, but I, I, I think if I was in that position, I would have just looked at, at Biden and said, "You either shut up the peanut gallery, or we're done with you." You know, well, I mean, there's no reason the for it. In Israel, the president is more of a figurehead. Right. I that mean, it's the prime minister. That, for Netanyahu to say. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's accurate. But I, I you know, I don't know. I, I just, I, I just found that whole thing. I mean, not only what the squad members were saying, but the way Biden acted in that little, you know, get together in, in front of the press. I mean. I don't think, first of all, I don't think Biden had any idea who he was sitting there with. Second of all, I don't think he had any idea where he was sitting. Third off, I don't think he had any idea what he was supposed to do there. Somebody just kind of toddled him out there, plopped him in a chair, handed him some notes and said, read these. The problem was he didn't have his morning meds. <laughs> or his afternoon meds or his evening meds. I mean, yeah. it, it, was, it was a disgrace. It was, yeah, it was absolutely terrible. Yes. But, but it's what running, we've come to expect. He's running, Craig. He says he's capable of running again. Yeah, yeah, he's capable of running our country into the ground even more. Let me tell you exactly what he's capable of. They have changed the way he gets on and off Air Force One. They have gone away from the big staircase that goes up to the main door on the side of Air Force One. Now they've got a little kiddie staircase that lets him into what, for all the world, looks like a hobbit door in the belly of Air Force One. That door is so squatty that he has to bend down to get into it. Yeah, I mean... People, you look at this man, and this man is not a leader. This man is sick. This man has no 
business being president of this country. But unfortunately, Kamala is in the wings. Kind of a life insurance policy, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, it definitely is. And I go into that in my article on Tuesday. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, holy crap. Hey, here's something else. The Wagner Group. Now, this is the group uh, of of Russian mercenaries uh, led by a thug uh, who, you know, made a move, quote unquote, against Putin a few weeks ago, and then backed off and ran away to Belarus. But that group, the Wagner Group, is back in the news. Yeah, well, what they are trying to do is position themselves if Putin says go, to actually strike NATO. And this whole scenario with the Wagner group, I even said on social media, when they tried their attempt to take Putin out, and suddenly everything is okay, and they turn back, and it's all over. I think this whole thing with the Wagner group has been set up by Putin for publicity, to sort of switch our focus onto the Wagner Group and, and take it off the generals who are screwing up to his own screw-ups. And now, you know, they're coming at Ukraine full force. They are bombing their ports, which have the all-important grain shipments. And the Wagner Group is positioned in Belarus, ready to go into Poland and other NATO countries, if given the word. Yeah, now let me add something to that, because I agree with everything you just said, but I'm going to add a little something to it. Yeah, it was a setup. Yeah, it was a publicity stunt by Putin. Yes, it was meant to take some of the focus off Putin, because Putin was screwing things up. But here's what I'm going to add. This move, where he you know, got on the outskirts of Moscow, turned around, took his Wagner group, and ran away to Belarus is also a setup so that when Putin, as you correctly say, gives the order, then the Wagner group will attack Poland, and Putin can stand back and say, well, that's that idiot mercenary, I didn't have anything to do with it, and NATO should not come after me and come after Russia for what that guy did on his own. Never mind that that guy won't act on his own, he will act on Putin's orders. Exactly. And he will be protected by Putin when that happens. Um, But this whole situation is, you know, we make light of it in the sense of, you know, it's to take focus off this and that. But don't forget, Russia has moved in tactical nukes into Belarus. Right. And of course, Belarus will say, well, we didn't sanction the Wagner group. So, you know, NATO should not attack us, even though the attack came out of Belarus. You know, I mean, this this is designed to attack a NATO country without any other country taking the fall for it. It's, it's attacking without ramifications and retaliation. Right. Unfortunately, with Biden... And his views on Ukraine, you know, he needs not to upset Ukraine because, you know, we all know that we're, Ukraine has information on him. What? 
Yeah. I'm shocked. <laughs> I mean, we're playing a dangerous game here. We are committed, whether people like it or not, we are committed to stand with our NATO allies. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be boots on the ground. But Ukraine is still waiting for the fighter jets we promised them that have been sitting in Poland now for over a year. Uh, they're waiting, you know, for other promised things that have never been delivered. You know, people are very upset. Well, the boots on the ground and the amount of money it's it's taking away from problems here in the United States. But you have to understand something in a historical content. Both world wars started in Europe. We are tethering on the edge of World War Three, possibly. We cannot let Europe fall to Putin. No. We can't. Whether the bleeding heart liberals or even those on our side who say we need to get out of Ukraine, we really cannot turn our backs on them. And the reason is everybody likes, and I've said this before, likes to blame Zelensky for everything. What they're forgetting back, let's say, in 2014 when Ukraine invaded Crimea with no ramifications, Obama was the president. They also forget that all the corruption and all the nonsense that they're throwing out today, it happened when the other guy before Zelensky was president, the guy that Obama supported. Right. And they're putting all the blame on Zelensky, who has been trying to clean up Ukraine's corruption. But he, too, has his hands tied to a certain degree because of Biden. Well, yeah. I'm going to pull out money. Zelensky could say, well, you know, uh, we know certain things. And it's like a back and forth. It's a stalemate. But the ones that are suffering are the Ukrainian people, and they don't deserve this. And we don't deserve World War III by walking out on NATO either. Well, and and it puts us and other NATO countries in a very precarious position. We're not the only one. Because... Let's say that the order comes down from Putin for the Wagner Group to move into Poland and and attack Poland. All right. We just had a NATO summit, right, a few weeks ago. Yes. Not one word was mentioned about what happens if the Wagner Group would attack a a NATO nation. Not one word. Right. All right. Mm -hmm. Now, a strong U.S. president would have made it very clear that if the Wagner Group launches an attack against a NATO country, then whatever country they launch that attack from would would have reprisals against them from the full force of NATO. But we don't have a strong president, so nothing like that's going to be said. Therefore, the Wagner Group operating out of 
out of Belarus has full autonomy, and Belarus will also say, well, look, don't, don't hold us responsible. We didn't authorize that attack. So, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, you've got to set a standard and a precedent, and you've got to put these other countries, like Belarus, on notice. If you allow these people to stage out of your country, then you're as guilty yeah. as they are for whatever happens. Well, also, what people need to realize, Putin is running the show. Putin is calling the shots. We are acquiescing because Putin also has things on Biden. No! Really? I'm shocked. I'm shocked again. (laughs) Yeah, here's our shocked faces, folks. Yeah. People don't understand that the situation in Ukraine is not quite what it seems on the surface. This is a jockeying for superpower. Who's going to be the number one superpower? We got China quietly, you know, slipping up from behind. This is a very dangerous situation. If Ukraine falls, Europe will be next. Now, and people need to get that through their minds. I just want to make sure I've got this straight. Okay, you're telling me that not only does Ukraine have the goods on Biden and the Biden family crime syndicate, but Russia also has the goods on Biden and the Biden family crime syndicate. The next thing you know, you're going to be telling me China has the goods on Biden (laughs) and the family syndicate. Yeah, you mean China, the country that uh, good old Hunter made deals with as well. That China. That that China, as opposed to the other China, whatever that is. (laughs) Yeah, uh, that's Taiwan. (laughs) Oh, oh, yeah. Which we also are tethering on an edge here, folks, if China decides to take action against Taiwan. We have to stand strong with can our I allies. Just, can I just issue a preemptive apology to Taiwan? Because if China comes after you while Biden is still in the White House, you're screwed, and we're sorry. Yeah. And if Taiwan falls, it's going to be the start of other countries falling. China will then go in for South Korea. Kim Jong-un will, of course, help. Russia will totally overrun the countries of Europe one by one. And folks, Armageddon, you know, not in a religious sense, in a tangible here and now, boom, there goes everything sense, could very well happen. Are, are you perhaps alluding to the domino effect? Absolutely the domino effect. It's happened before. Remember, Hitler started Poland, Czechoslovakia, Austria, and the countries of Europe fell one by one. Most wars have a domino effect, unfortunately. And unfortunately, if you're not paying attention, history will repeat itself. If you don't learn the lessons of history, history will repeat itself. Right. Ukraine, whether some like it or not, we must stand with Ukraine. 
I know the money is astronomical, and I get that. But sometimes things are a little more important in the big scope when you step back and you look at all the puzzle pieces. Let let uh, the house work it out. Take money away from people who don't deserve it like illegals and put it where it's needed. Well, and, and how about building in a little accountability while we're at it? Because we have sent hundreds of billions of dollars to Ukraine without any accountability for what it's being used for. And all we've done so far is provide them just enough to fight to a stalemate. Right. Which isn't serving the greater good in any way, shape, or form. Now, if we're going to help Ukraine, let's end it. We need to honor our original promise for the fighter jets. If those jets had gotten there, and I don't want to hear the story, they have to be trained how to use it. They know how to use it. Okay, and the Polish army has also been helping to train Ukrainian pilots. If we had given them what was promised in the beginning, I don't think we'd be where we are today. It would have been ended. Because Putin, as much as he's a megalomaniac, and, you know, an egotist, I don't think Putin would dare to come head-to-head with a strong American president. I'll just say this in closing for this segment. It's gotten so bad right now. In Poland, they're asking how many Americans it takes to screw in a light bulb. That's, That's how bad it's gotten. Yeah, we're a laughing stock on the world stage. We don't stand behind our allies. Our country is falling apart uh, because of ineptitude. This has to stop. It does. Folks, we've got to take a break. We've hit the bottom of the hour. Now, Coming up in the second half of tonight's show, we're talking about emails and the weather. Now, I know it sounds like a couple of mundane things, but trust me, you do not want to miss the second half of tonight's show. Right. (laughs) Stay with us. There's more on Right Side Patriots after this. You're listening to Right Side Patriots Radio, the best in conservative commentary, news, and talk where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth. This is the home of Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sori. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet. You're listening to RSPRadio1.com. guys, Diane Sorry from The Patriot Factor on thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com, where I found a home base seven years ago after becoming one of Facebook's long-time Facebook felons, or so I've been told by the Facebook gods. 
On my blog, you will find not only my articles, but our Right Side Patriots investigative reports, as well as stories and links to and from well-known writers and bloggers, plus what I call almost daily memes, my snarky take on news of the day. And for more great takes on the issues of the day, check out the National Patriot at thenationalpatriot.com, where you can read Craig's insight into all the current news happenings. And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at rspradio1.com. Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on rspradio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. Getting you through a Friday night edition of the show. If you miss any part of it, you want to go to rspradio1.com tomorrow morning, click the podcast button, and have at it. This show will be there, and so will all the others. Yes, it will. Okay, so emails. Um, Everybody has an email account. The Pentagon has an email account. Um, And the military, you know, I mean, you know, we have, uh, you know, such and such, whatever, at gmail.com, right? Mm Mm-hmm. The Pentagon has at M-I-L, short for military. Dot com. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, pretty much everybody at some point or another has responded to an email, um, and and you know that maybe they shouldn't have. Maybe maybe they responded to all instead of just responding to whoever sent it. And there's a whole bunch of people on there that didn't need to, you know, catch air of your dirty laundry. Apparently, the Pentagon has made quite the error. Yeah, isn't it funny that it's emails that have come back to surface and cause problems? You know, it's sort of like Hillary Part 2, now, are, but in are a we, way worse because this is actually from the Pentagon. Now, are, are we talking about, what, 10, 20 emails tops? I'm not really sure, but I'm thinking it's... Quite a bit more. I, I, I can't give you an exact number, but I can tell you it is in the millions of emails. Yes. Millions, plural, emails. Yeah. And millions, what, of, millions of emails actually sent to an address in the West African nation of Mali. Which, which is dot .ml. Mm-hmm. Our military, which trades emails back and forth between different branches of the of the military and and different installations with the military, is M I L. Mali is M L. Somebody forgot to put the I in there, and forwarded millions plural of emails to Mali. Now, you would say, well, you know, what's Mali? It's it's a tiny little country, you know. You know, what, what's the harm? Well, Mali is very good friends with Russia. Yes. Oops. And go ahead. I'm just going to say, oops. <laughs> I mean, what? Yeah, well, what was 
in these emails, folks, was diplomatic documents, tax returns, passwords, and the travel details of top officers, including personal information about enlisted personnel. So these would be classified as sensitive emails? I would think sensitive and some of them classified emails. Now, can I just point out the horribly obvious here? While the liberals are having kittens and wadding up their panties and gnashing their teeth over President Trump having a few boxes of emails stored at Mar-a-Lago, which, by the way, I might point out, has been under constant guard by the Secret Service. While they're gnashing their teeth and wadding up their panties over this, the Pentagon has forwarded millions, plural, of emails to a good friend of Vladimir Putin. Yeah. And some of this stuff, when you delve into it more, you find out that some of this stuff includes medical x-rays and medical data, identity document information, crew lists for our ships, staff lists at our bases, maps of our installations. Oh, wait, wait. Photos Back up. of bases. Back up. X-rays? X-rays. So there's a chance. Wait a minute. There's a chance that Russia now knows that Rachel Levine is a dude I would think so. Oh, my God! <laughs> I would think so. And But it gets even worse than that. There's, like I said, there's um, maps of installations, photos of our bases, naval inspection reports, contracts, criminal complaints against personnel, internal investigations into bullying, <laughs> official travel itineraries, bookings, and, you ready for this, folks, tax and financial records. Isn't well, that like interesting? I, like I said, oops. Big oops. Uh, I mean, you know, we're, we're, they've, they've indicted Donald Trump on this you know, secret document thing, right? Right. While the Pentagon is just sending literally millions of emails to one of Russia's best friends. And, you mm -hmm. know, once you send them, you can't unsend them. Right. Well, technically, if you have certain accounts, you can unsend. Yeah, but... but, but no, no, I know that is a fact. I know it because is, too. I have that. Um, however, you would think the military would have that option, but apparently they don't. And even if they did, I guarantee you Molly is also friends with India, and that's where all the tech support in the world comes from, and they could still get in. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. But it's 
it, it's absolutely ridiculous when you think of it also this way. A week ago, a thousand emails arrived in Mali in one day. However, over the course of these few weeks when this was discovered, 117,000 emails ended up in Mali. Now, why isn't anybody questioning when this first happened and the eye was left out and maybe it was an accident? And I say maybe for a reason. Maybe it was an accident, but how come nobody picked it up when, let's say, only a hundred went or only a thousand went? Nobody seemed to pick it up until 117,000 were caught going over there. That leads me to believe maybe this wasn't an oops. We got a traitor in on this. I don't know. I should say the Pentagon does. I don't know about that. I mean, have you seen the shape our Pentagon's in? And I don't mean the Pentagon shape, because obviously. (laughs) But, I mean, when when your military's gone woke, and they're more concerned about using the right pronouns than anything else, do you really expect somebody to be watching to make sure that we're not sending sensitive material to Mali? I mean... Really, honestly, because the the condition of our military right now, being woke as it is, it leads me to believe that e- even if they have somebody in charge of that, that person is going through emails, not looking at addresses, but looking at pronouns. Dear Mr. So-and-so, well, you, you may have misgendered somebody. You're going to get court-martialed. Yeah, I mean... Folks, it has gotten to that point. And it's sorry to say, but our military now is more concerned about pronouns and political correctness than they are about defending our country, honoring their oath of of duty and our Constitution. And it's sad. And we're not saying all our military, of course not. There are military members, men and women, who are there for the right reasons, as in love of country. But there are others, I just don't know why they're there to begin with. They're they're there to make sure that we're woke and and that there's equity. I mean, look... The the military is the military. There's there's no room for equity there. The military's right. job is to kill people and break things. Right. You know, I mean, but now, thanks to this, Russia knows the ugly admiral in a skirt is really a dude. Yeah. And don't be surprised down the road you start seeing comments to this effect coming you know, uh, Mali starts, you know, uh, messaging Putin back and forth. Putin starts messaging. I mean, we're a laughing stock. And this is not what our military, I'm convinced, the majority of our military wants. I mean, where's the powerless? They're powerless to stop it. 
It makes you wonder if the main server in the military isn't located in Hillary's bathroom. Yeah, I was thinking that too. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I mean this this is ridiculous. It, it, it it's pathetic. It's a disgrace to this country. It's a disgrace to everyone who wore our uniform. It's it's ridiculous, and I'm sorry, I don't buy into the M. I mistake. I'm kind of thinking there could be more to it than that. I, I, I tend to think that's true. I, 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 you know, I can understand making a mistake here and there, but when, when it <clears throat> gets to the point that it involves literally millions of emails, it's hard to believe that's just a goof up. Right. It, it just is. Okay. So in the final, <clears throat> final few minutes that we have here. Diane, we really need to talk about the weather because Elon Omar was talking about the weather just the other day. Now, of course, Omar doesn't call it the weather. She calls it climate change. But let's be honest, it's the weather. Right. Okay. Now, she made some comments that were rather odd. Um, She was talking about record heat. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, and, and not in any specific place, just planetary, right? She said that we have broken the record for planetary heat three times in the last couple of years, stretching all the way back how far? To... Um 117,977 years B.C., as if she was there. Pelosi was there, (laughs) but I don't think Omar was. So she says it's the hottest it's been in in history, scientifically, in the last 120,000 years. But the problem is, we've only been recording weather for about 100 years or so. Well, i got a bigger problem. Galileo invented the thermometer. And it, it wasn't perfected until after Galileo. So actually being able to record the temperature of anything, whether air temperature or a rectal thermometer has not been around for more than about 500 years. And I guarantee you those early thermometers weren't very accurate. But if you're going back 120,000 years, you're talking about the the time on this earth when humans and Neanderthals existed together. In fact, they were just coming together at that point in time. Yeah, they had a social. It is. Yeah, they had a social mixer 120,000 years ago, and (laughs) a few few early humans got busy with a few late Neanderthals, and you know you could take it from there. But nobody was recording anything 120,000 years ago, much less the weather. Exactly, and what people need to understand: it was very hot that many years ago. That, you know, we know the weather comes in cycles. The fauna and fauna, the fauna and fauna that, that, you know, fossil remains, we could tell that the earth was hot 
Could we tell its temperature? No, of course not. But the earth goes through cycles of warming and cooling. And according to scientists, they, those seem to happen anywhere between 100 and 350 year cycles. They have happened since the earth first formed, not 6,000 years ago, but billions of years ago. And will continue until the earth is no more, which is predicted to be in about 11 billion years when our sun goes nova and dies. But I guess Ilhan Omar, you know, got a weather degree along (laughs) with a, you know, archaeology and a climatology degree and, and everything else because she knows how hot it was then. Well, the only degree she doesn't have is the temperature in degrees from 120,000 years ago. Nobody has that. Exactly. You know, but to stand up there and, and make that pronouncement. Now, she's actually quoting a... Uh, a study that was written by somebody who is not a meteorologist when she says those things. But for God's sakes, if you're going to get up there and squawk about this stuff, at least do your homework and realize that when somebody who has no connection to the weather other than looking at their phone to find out if they need to carry an umbrella on a given day, don't take their word for what the weather was 120,000 years ago. Yeah, if nothing else, use your common sense. Nobody knew how warm it was 120,000 years ago. Or, Craig, or how cold it was. Because nobody knows what cycle the weather was in at that period in time. Well, it could now have been I can... a cold cycle for all we know. Well, it, it could have been, and and perhaps it was a cold cycle, and I'll tell you why I theorize that. I'm not saying it was, as, as a matter of fact, I'm just saying I have a theory. Okay. We know that 120,000 years ago, Neanderthals were just starting, just starting to make clothing from animal skins. Now, if it was right. boiling hot... They would have probably been stripping down, not suiting up. Exactly. I mean, you can look back at the proven scientific facts about how the Earth formed and then went through cycles, cold, hot, cold, hot. And you could basically theorize what life was like back then. And if it was at the time of the Neanderthal, she's referring back to what would be that time. Logic alone dictates it wasn't that hot. Basically for the reason you said. Clothing was first being invented. You know, up until that point, they were happy to run around as naked as Hunter Biden. Right. You know, but all of a sudden they thought, you know what? It's getting a little chilly out here. We we better make some pants. And, well, uh, you know, I mean, but it, it also depends on where on the planet you happen to be. And in any given specific time, 
as to what the temperature is. Now, obviously, she's talking about global temperature, so that's an average from around the world, right? But the, the simple fact remains, 120,000 years ago, A, there was no way to measure that, and B, nobody cared. Here's another thing. 180,000 whatever years ago, Homo sapiens did not exist. Not, not as, certainly not as we know them today. It was right. early humans and Neanderthals. Right. I'm talking about yeah. people like us did not exist then, but yet she knows. Did she exist then? I mean, it's, it's, but this is the kind of tripe we get from liberals when it comes to climate change. Right. Okay. Th- this is the clap crap that is spewed out there because they know they know that liberals who adhere to the religion of climate change, facts don't matter. No. Only The only thing that matters is the agenda and the propaganda that can be spread. So she gets up there and says these inane things, and then the mainstream media picks up on it, the liberals pick up on it, social media picks up on it, and all of a sudden, why, it's hotter now than it was 120,000 years ago, and that's when it was the hottest ever on Earth until now. Come on. No, I would think just logic would dictate that as the Neanderthals started dressing, basically, even, you know, it's animal skins, but they started dressing that it was cold. I don't want to I give mean, anybody... That's just, that's just logic. Um, but uh, then again, I don't know a Democrat that actually knows what the word logic even means. I don't want to give any of these liberals any ideas, but does PETA know that Neanderthals made clothing out of animal skins? Uh, PETA wasn't around back then, so I don't neither, know. Neither were thermometers. that's kind of my point (laughs) you know I mean these people just love to make they love to make things up so it fits their agenda they don't understand that their whole agenda is wrong it's all based on falsehoods their agendas are not based on facts here and now tangibles all their agendas everything they do has a political motive behind it i guarantee you if things get bad enough where the neanderthals get dragged into it neanderthals are going to start demanding reparations <gasps> that could be i'm just saying i can i can see this crap coming from a mile away yeah yeah and uh oh well you know the neanderthals craig is one of the scientific interests of mine right and I know a little bit about the the Neanderthals more than the average person does. And believe me, you don't want to go there. Because if you knew some of the truths about the right. Neanderthals relating to modern humans, you might not be so happy. Well, you know, I mean, there are things, you know. yeah, And folks, I, I'm just saying, Diane and I... We talk about this stuff, you know, yes. from time to time because we both read scientific journals. You know, I mean, that's that's how little life we actually have. 
that we, we sit around and read scientific journals, and we'll read something about Neanderthals and about, you know, civilization back then. Genetics. And genetics, and we'll sit around and talk about it. Not on the show, but I mean, you know, on just daily conversations. And it's a fascinating subject, but there are people out there who wouldn't like it if they knew the truth. Yeah. And I have been really, I'd love to do a show concerning the Neanderthals and man and this and that um, and the family trees related to Neanderthals. But I don't know, really, Craig, I think we would get threats like you wouldn't believe, even though we can back up everything we're saying. Yeah, but I tell you what, I I wouldn't mind doing that show uh, or doing that as a segment in in maybe a Friday show. Um, You know, spend half the show on that and half the show on something else, uh, you know, related to ancient civilizations. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I think it's fascinating, and I think other people, if they knew the truth, some would find it fascinating. Some would get bent out of shape, that's obvious. But, you yes. know, what, what What do we care? I mean, the truth is the truth, and if you can't handle that's it, true. you know, it's not, not our fault. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, folks, Craig and I have thought of some very interesting topics for shows. Having a political bend to them, but also getting true science out there. We've had enough of the fousey science to last a lifetime. Yeah. Science has gotten a bad reputation. We need to understand that science is tangible here and now. Scientific facts can be proven, but people no longer give science a chance because... Well, and it's, you know, it doesn't fit a certain agenda. Right. That's the political aspect. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it it just is what it is. But Elon Omar has no idea what the temperature was 120,000 years ago. It may have been warmer. It may not have been warmer. Nobody knows. Nobody cares. And, And it's, you know, it's not about climate change. It's about the weather. Weather cycles, repeating cycles. Yep. And I mean, I guarantee you uh, a couple of billion years ago, it was a lot hotter than she thinks it was 120,000 years ago. So, I mean, you know, there's there was a point in time where this planet was cooling off in the effort to solidify into rock. Right. And volcanoes I, covered most of the surface. Uh, volcanoes yeah. and lava and molten rock and this and that, and primordial soup. And, you know, I mean, it was not all fun and beaches. No. It wasn't cows and methane gas and, and electric cars and all sorts of other things. <laughs> no. I mean, it's just, you know, this, this world goes through cycles. It gets warmer. It gets cooler. Just happens. Yes. This happens. Well, Diane, you and I are out of time. Yes, we are. And with that, I'll say nighty night. Folks, you have yourselves a great weekend. We'll catch up with you again on Tuesday. Bye-bye. <laughs>